I'm Lisa Popchak, and you're listening to Momfinance, for moms at every age and every stage. Being a mom is wondrous and delightful, but also at times exhausting and overwhelming and confusing and frustrating. Momfidence is a place for moms to come for encouragement, comfort, some new tools, and the confidence boost you need to be the mom you want to be. Welcome to Momfidence. Wow, the name Momfidence really works with what I want to talk about today. The idea of do we have confidence in the moms that we are? I don't know about you, but often when I have spent time on social media or watching TV, I get in my mind's eye and sometimes in my heart the image of what a mom, for lack of a better phrase, the perfect mom should be. You know, I'll look at Instagram or Pinterest or watch a house and garden show and see these beautifully decorated homes, all color coordinated and spotlessly shiny. Everything's just in place, just so. Or I'll look at images of moms and their families, usually in these perfect houses, and the moms are perfectly dressed and their makeup is gorgeous and they're holding their brilliantly dressed little one you know, an infant that looks gorgeous and there's no mess about anywhere and everybody looks so serene. And I know the work that went into making those pictures. I know that on a home show, it takes a staff of a lot of people to decorate that house so perfectly. But in an attempt to be the best mom I can be, and looking at some of the resources that are available that come across my eyes, there are times when those images can do one of two things for me. One, they can do what I want them to do, which is they can really inspire me. They can make me want to try something new that may not come naturally to me or that I might not have ever thought of before. But I get inspired and I say, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to see if it works for me. And that's really life-giving and that's fun for me. The flip side of that is that sometimes when life isn't working too well, it can cause me to feel a bit down on myself. It can cause me to question if I'm doing everything up to snuff. Now, as I've grown as a mom... And as a person over the years, that happens less than it used to, but it can still happen. And one of the times that I know it happened a lot was when my kids were all young and I chose for my own personal reasons to homeschool my kids. Now, big note here, I'm not saying anybody has to homeschool. It worked for us. It worked in the place where we lived and for the way that we were living. And in an attempt to be the best at that, because I really had not had any mentors in that, 
I went to public school all my life. My husband went to Catholic school all his life. We didn't really know anybody who did this for a while. And I was looking for ways to be the best at it, ways to enjoy it, what curriculums were available, how people ran their day. And as I would look for resources, one of the things that I really did enjoy looking at, reading a lot, were day-in-the-life diaries from homeschool moms. And I would get lots of great ideas from that in terms of what curriculum worked for them and the kids that were the same age as mine. What meals were they cooking that worked for busy homeschooling moms? How did they schedule their day? Lots of really good things that helped mentor me through this new phase in my life. And often, on the positive side, that would cause me to discover new things and feel emboldened to try new things that maybe didn't come naturally to me. And that's a great thing that all these images we see all the time can do for us, is to encourage us to try something new, to grow a little bit. And that's a wonderful thing. The flip side of that is often that on a day when I wasn't feeling like I had it all together, on days when maybe I was struggling a little bit, I would start to get down on myself, thinking, why can't I do fill in the blank? Why can't I make perfect, healthy meals all the time, every day? Why can't my house look perfectly clean and orderly all the time, even though we're living in it 24 hours a day and doing school projects in it and being people in a house, not staging it? Um, why can't I have perfect, happy lessons every minute of every day and everybody's just thrilled to be able to be going over their times tables for the 19th time that day? You name it my head would go to that place that was a little irrational and a little negative, sometimes a lot negative. And I was smart enough to take it to my husband on those days. It's not like I could really hide it from him. He could see if I was getting down on myself or getting a little cranky. And he would always remind me to look to our own family and realize that I wasn't raising other people's kids. I wasn't somebody else's wife. It was my family that I had to look to. Was I meeting their needs in a way that was healthy for them? Was my husband happy with what I was doing and the choices I were make, was making? That that's what I really needed to look to. And it was, it was very wise. But still on the tough days, I would find myself feeling like I wasn't quite measuring up that it wasn't quite up to the standard I had created in my own mind. What I did see beginning to happen was a pattern emerging when these days would happen. I'd see that the more that I did focus on all of these images of wanting to try that or why didn't I measure up to that in my own mind, the more I would end up being crankier 
and less available to my own family. And I just saw that that was not working. <laughs> that was not the fruit that I wanted all of this research that I was doing into being a great homeschooling mom to bear in the life of my family. And so I really took it to prayer and worked through it. And it's not like it went away overnight. But one day I did read Colossians 3.12. And I want to share with you what it says. It says, Therefore, as chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I wanted to repeat that one more time because it's important to hear it. What it did not say is clothe yourself in perfectly matching outfits that you sewed yourself at 4.30 in the morning or in perfect designer outfits from the latest collection. It did not say clothe your home in perfect decor so spotless that it looks like no one lives in it. Instead, it told me to focus on how I treat people. You know, we're reminded by this, all of us, that we are chosen, holy and dearly loved, and we're told to treat others, yes, even our own families, the way that reminds them that they are too, that they are dearly loved, to treat them with kindness, compassion, gentleness, and patience, and to act with humility. That's why I've chosen to aim for cozy, not perfect, which we'll see on the blog is Momfinan's Principle 10. Cozy is defined as giving us a feeling of comfort, warmth, and relaxation. And that is what kindness, compassion, gentleness, and patience bring about that sense of comfort and warmth and relaxation. Think about it. When someone treats you with kindness and compassion, when someone is gentle and patient with you in a difficult situation, don't you relax a bit? Don't you feel more comfortable with them? That's that feeling of comfort that we get when someone treats us the way we were created to be treated. And we are called to do that for others, even our own kids. Now, I'm not saying that coziness isn't about setting a beautiful setting. It helps, definitely, to have things like warm blankets and hot drinks and candlelight and a clean space. It does set a lovely stage, as it were, for entering into that feeling of coziness. But it doesn't create it. It's actually the kindness and compassion and gentleness and patience with which we treat others 
and with which we treat ourselves that creates that sense of coziness. You can have the loveliest, most cozily decorated home, but if there's meanness and harshness and irritability and disregard for the feelings of others, then no sense of coziness or love will be experienced by the people in that home. The reverse is also true. One can dwell in a very challenging place, but if they're encircled by love that expresses itself through kindness and compassion and gentleness and patience, one can still experience a sense of comfort and warmth. One of the many testimonies I've heard expressing this was an interview I heard over 10 years ago with a man named Chris Gardner Jr. Chris was the son in the story, The Pursuit of Happiness, which is a book that was also made into a movie many years ago, starring Will Smith and his son. Chris Sr. and his son found themselves homeless for a time. They took shelter wherever they could, including at one point sleeping in a public bathroom. The story tracks Mr. Gardner's story from these very difficult circumstances to the point where he becomes a multimillionaire. While all this was happening, he remained a loving and dedicated parent to his son. During the interview that I watched, the interviewer asked Chris Jr. what it was like being homeless as a child. And his reply has stayed with me all of these years. He replied he never really knew that he was homeless because whenever he looked up, he always saw the love and kindness in his father's eyes and he always felt safe and at home in those eyes. I've heard similar stories from other adults who spent part of their childhoods in very difficult settings but whose parents focus strongly on creating a relationship of gentleness and kindness and patience and compassion for their children. Yet I've also known many people who grew up in picture-perfect homes, but their hearts were broken due to a lack of this kindness, patience, gentleness, and compassion. I'm sure that many of you listening have gone through one of these two things or know someone who has. In light of Colossians 3.12, my focus shifted, and I know that my family is happier and more peaceful, and our home is more relaxing when I practice the precepts that are contained there. And I know I feel closer to them and to God as well when I do. Of course, I do still put in effort to create a clean, attractive home. It's really important, and it's part of my calling as a mom. But it's no longer a tyranny to me. If the kids leave a mess in the bathroom, I know it's more important to be kind in my correction about it than to yell and scream about it. I get a cleaner bathroom but I don't wound my relationship with my child to get it anymore. 
Similarly, at the end of the day, I'll try to focus more on listening with a compassionate ear to the struggles my children have been going through, rather than brushing past all that to deal with the chaos of dinner and all the evening activities. Now I'm far from perfect, but it's so freeing to have this difference, this mindset that allows me to look at things more along the choices I'd make when I read Colossians 3. I can stop and think about, am I creating a space where my, my people feel loved, where they feel listened to, where they know I'll have the patience for them? It's not easy every day. Life is busy. Often the timetable is crowded. Often my reactions to their not being their best selves can be challenging. It's part of motherhood that I think we all struggle with. But in a time where we are bombarded with so many images of what it's like to create the perfect home or be the perfect mom, when we deal with so much pressure from the world in general and sometimes from other moms that we come across in our social lives or our work lives every day that sort of look down their noses at, well, why don't you do it my way? It's the best way. I think we can really, really do a number on ourselves in terms of our ability to keep a positive attitude, feel like we've got our heads above water, and feel like we know that we're loving and serving well. And when we get so caught up in the image of everything, the, perf the perfection of everything, the way it's going to look to others, when we evaluate ourselves by whether the kitchen sink is sparkling, whether everything is color-coordinated and every toy is put away, if that's our standard, we're going to constantly be disappointed. But if we can go by God's standard, if we can remind ourselves that we are chosen, chosen to be our kid's mom, that God didn't choose anybody else to raise these people. He chose me to raise my kids and you to raise your kids. And he knows that that's a perfect fit. That you're the mom that your kids want. Then we can stop and say, okay, we've been chosen. We're dearly loved by God. You know what? We're dearly loved by our children. Our kids are not going to remember how many days the sink was sparkling. They're not going to remember when they're raising their kids, whether they left their sock on the floor one time or every single day of their lives. They're not going to remember whether the pillows matched on the sofa 
And if they do, it's going to be a fleeting thought. But they are going to remember how we made them feel. Did we make them feel loved? Did we show them compassion in their struggles of growing up? Did we listen patiently or bite our lip from saying that thing in that tone one more time? Did we create an environment for them that was relaxed, that was loving, that was cozy? Not because we had more candles than anybody else in the neighborhood, not because our blankets were cozier than anybody else's in the neighborhood, but because we were there. Because mom loved them and was open to their hearts and wanted to hear their thoughts and wanted to teach them how to get through life patiently and lovingly. That's where a really cozy home comes from. We're never going to be perfect this side of heaven. Although, darn it if I'm not going to try. <laughs> I, I really want to be a fantastic mom every minute of every day, but I'm never going to be absolutely perfect. I can't be. Not this side of heaven. But I can really look at this standard in Colossians 3.12. And I can ask myself, am I being kind right now? Am I being humble enough to get off my high horse and parent the way God's asking me to parent? Am I being gentle while I still guide my children and hold them to a high standard? Am I being patient while they learn? If I can do that at least a majority of the time, maybe over 51% of the time, but hopefully more than that, then I am doing what God has asked me to do. I'm doing what's good for my family, and I'm doing what's going to give them warm, cozy memories for the rest of their lives. I'm just offering this to you today as we go through a time of year that I think is kind of challenging for a lot of us in my part of the world, at least, where winter gets a little long and a little dark and energy gets a little low and people get a little exhausted. And if you're feeling that way as a mom, or you ever do, if you're feeling a little challenged, if you're feeling like maybe you're not measuring up today or this week or this month or this life, <laughs> know that God loves you so dearly. That he has chosen you and no one else to be your kid's mom. And that he asks you to clothe yourself in compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And to strive to be the mom that exhibits those virtues. But not just to your kids. To yourself as well. Can you be kind to yourself instead of harsh when you fail to measure up the way you want to? Can you be compassionate toward yourself and realize that none of us is perfect all the time? 
can you have the humility to say, I need you, God. I, I can't do this by myself. And I don't have the skills. And nobody's taught me how to parent this particular child in this particular circumstance. And so I need you. And help me now. Can you be gentle with yourself? Instead of going into that place where you berate yourself all the time for the times you don't feel like you measure up. And can you be patient with yourself as you learn and you grow? Because each new day is different with your child as they hit another milestone, hit another, another issue that they're dealing with, question they have, skill that they need. Being a mom is a constantly changing challenge and a constantly changing blessing. But if we keep Colossians 3.12 in mind, we'll know how to behave toward our children and towards ourselves. And that will make each day far more grace-filled. Please know, as usual, that I am praying for you. If you are listening, you have prayer reaching you from me. And know that there's a mom out here doing spiritual battle for you because you were chosen to be your kid's mom. And I know that you're going to be fantastic at it, whether you've just started it or you've been doing it for decades and decades and decades. You're still your kid's mom. They need you and they need your love. So wrap them in it and wrap yourself in it and give glory to God in everything that you do. See you next time. Thanks for joining me today for this Momfidence Moment. If you want more encouragement, come on over to momfidence.org for the blog and other confidence-boosting resources.